Toxic stress can affect the developing brain, the immune system, and heart health. In children, exposure to adverse childhood experiences, or ACEs, can contribute to learning and mental health challenges. Pediatric clinicians are on the front lines when it comes to helping kids and families prevent, manage, and heal the effects of ACEs. You're listening to Voices from the Field, a podcast where we explore the perspectives of provider screening for ACEs and toxic stress. I'm Lena Singh. In this episode, we speak with pediatrician Paul Espinas about his efforts in implementing ACEs screening across a large healthcare system in Hayward, California. Thanks for joining us today, Paul. Oh, thank you. My pleasure. We invited you on the show today to talk about ACEs screening at Kaiser. Can you tell me a little bit about the work you do relating to this? Sure. It's not me alone. Uh, so I, I am part and lead a committee um, that was charged three years ago with uh, bringing this content and trying to integrate it in our kind of regular pediatric practice. It's actually our whole medical center, which encompasses uh, three clinics from San Leandro, Hayward, and Fremont. And there's another site, San Jose, that's actually doing it as well. What population do you screen for ACEs at Kaiser? So uh, currently we screen um, kids yearly from ages one to five. Every family that comes in for those, you know, usual well child care checkups will get an additional screen um, covering the, uh, the ACEs content. And why this age group? We chose the one to five years old because we wanted to tackle this content from a preventive mindset. We wanted to help families know that this is an important thing that they should um, watch for um, as their kids grow up. We could find more ACEs if we screened later, right? Presumably as you get older and older and older, your risk of exposure gets more and more and more. So if we wanted, if the whole point was simply to find more ACEs, we'd screen the teenagers, right? But that wasn't, that wasn't the approach we wanted to take. We wanted to make sure that our kids grew up knowing that this is important so we chose to go young. Getting an entire practice or a health system on board to implement ACE screening can be difficult. And it's a challenge that many NPPC members have told us that they face. Did you face challenges in making screening universal, at least for that age group, across your pediatric practices? Um, yeah, yeah, of course. I mean, you know, and I think that pediatricians in general are well-meaning, and the staff, our, our staff works really hard to get to get through the day, but there are a lot of competing interests um, at hand. Um, so some of the challenges that we faced are, um, first of all, finding a screening tool that we can integrate into our daily practice in the face of a structured um, well-child visit. You know, all of our questionnaires are um, represented in our EMR, um, electronic medical record, or we have ways where it can automatically upload into EMR using a tablet. So we need to figure out a way to properly make this such that we could um, have the families fill it out, have the pediatricians receive it, and refer to resources if needed, all within the 15 minutes that we're given um, in, in an average uh, pediatric visit. So that's one big challenge is just sheer integration, um, basically. Um, another challenge is that, you know, when you add more questions to a pediatric visit, um, sometimes the reliability to which moms and dads, busy moms and dads who have a two-year-old and a three-year-old running around the waiting room, the reliability of them filling it out, not honestly, but like just trying to get through the, the questionnaire, 
goes a little bit lower. So people will just as much as they can write no to everything or yes to everything depending on what they perceive as the right right way to get to get through the questionnaire. So I, I think it, one of the things it taught us is that you know screening is not the answer, it's just one piece of the puzzle. You know, you don't make a referral based on a screening alone. You need to have a screen plus a conversation with an engaged provider around the screening in order to uh, to really help help these families out. So when you mentioned the challenge of patients answering yes or no to all the questions, uh, are there strategies you have to counter that? Um, yes. So our new questionnaire looks a lot different. And at the bottom, we were added an open-ended question that says, my child's strengths are blank. So it breaks up the page a little bit. Um, it forces the reader to kind of deal with each section and write a score at the end of each section and then total the time. So you just can't blow through the whole thing because it's actually not one section. It's three with an open-ended question at the bottom. I'm especially excited about the open-ended question. You know, not everyone gets excited about their screening questionnaire, but I'm excited about this because, um, again, one of the points is for our providers and our families to have a tighter bond. And even if all the ACEs questions are no, 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 they seem pretty resilient, that quest- question, my child's strengths are, I hope will spark a good conversation between the provider and the parent or caregiver. Um, because, um, you know, I think... I think it's interesting that, you know, you can go through a whole pediatric visit and not do a deep dive into the parent's perspective on things and the perspective on their child. They could be feeding them correctly. The sleep is going great. The kids are going outside every single day. But um, realizing, having a, a deeper conversation about temperament and um, the child's strengths, even at one and two years old, I think will be a very rich conversation. Are there any challenges that you're still facing today? I think that getting keeping this on the forefront of pediatricians' mind is is can still be a challenge. We have asthma and obesity, and you know, of course, those are related um, illnesses. But again, there's a lot of competing interests um, uh, that pediatricians and clinics face on a day to day basis. Is there any advice you'd give to others who want to implement ACE screening at their practice or within a larger health system? My advice to people is to. Um, you know, you have to recognize the culture of your clinic first and foremost. Um, I think the other thing is that you need to lay the foundation of all of this work. You know, it's not just about ACE screening per se. It's about becoming more trauma-informed. And you can do that without ACE screening. You can start informing your staff, informing your receptionists, informing your doctors about why this is important without even mentioning ACE screening uh, uh, at, at all. Has ACE screening had an impact on your practice your medical practice, and in what areas? Yeah, you know, um, it has. We had started an obesity clinic, kind of a multi-specialty obesity clinic. And, um, you know, we, one of our first patients there um, was a 11 or 12-year-old. And this kiddo had, um, you know, a lot of medical issues and stuff, including overeating. And... um, actually said to the social worker, you know, I have a a hole left in me when my dad left, and I filled that hole with food. And it was very striking. And we didn't know quite what to do with it at the time, but I always always remember that. And I now, when I'm seeing patients, whether it's around compliance or asthma or people being late and stuff like that, 
it's not so much a, a blame thing, but like what is what has happened in your life that makes it hard for you to do this? What is happening in the child's life that makes it hard for you guys to accomplish these goals, whether it's around obesity or asthma? So it's helped me look at my families, my practice through this particular lens. So when people first encounter this work, I think there's a lot of trepidation about asking families around this. this is, these are not comfortable questions. Um, we certainly ask uncomfortable questions in our current questionnaires. What we found that was surprising was that the level of acceptability was high. Um, that when families were asked, like, what was your experience in getting asked these questions? Um, most of them were either neutral or even positive. You know, um, per the numbers, people were happy that we were asking these questions. So I know you shared a story earlier. Can you tell us about uh, another experience with a patient where ACE screening has made a significant positive impact, a story that keeps you going? So the, the best stories that I, not the best stories, but the stories that make it very gratifying, that are gratifying to me, are the ones where you are surprised by their ACEs score. The fact that you've been seeing this kid for one or two years, I've never detected anything, but then you have an ACE score of a three or four, you know? And without screening, without us asking those questions, the provider would never know. And so that keeps me going because one of the goals of screening is such that your provider knows more about you. You know what I mean? Like you become closer as a provider-parent dyad. Sometimes you just can't tell what an ACE score will be, you know, before you ask it. So I like to hear stories like that because I think from a day-to-day -day perspective, it helps remind providers that the screening process has made their practice a little bit better. The other thing I would call out is that, um, you know, people are happy to, not happy, but they're, um, they're glad that we're doing this. I've had, we're, these are paper questionnaires we're, we're currently handing out, and people have written like, I am so glad you're asking about this. You know, I'm so glad Kaiser is tackling this content. Um, and so, again, you know, that all that nervousness and trepidation, I think it's well-meaning, but maybe misplaced. I've heard you talk in the past about three principles that are important to you in the work you do as a pediatrician around ACEs screening. One, becoming trauma-informed, um, ACEs screening itself, and building resilience. So can you talk more about these three principles? For sure. Um, we had started out looking at an ACEs. A couple things became clear. We needed to find a way to, um, to have people think about this as they approach this work. Because I think just by saying ACEs or toxic stress, I think that's a big, that's too big of a, of a bite to chew on. Um, so telling people that we do ACEs helps start the conversation. But the reality is that those three bubbles are the things we're actually working on. What does being trauma-informed as a provider mean for you? So um, I bet that's a great question. Um, and I think there's probably a lot of different answers. Um, for me, that means that, you know, I recognize that stress will affect my patients' lives. Um, and I think that, in, that it, it means that I recognize that it'll have an effect on them in terms of behaviors in terms of their medical outcomes, in terms of their emotional outcomes, um, in terms of their compliance. Um, and I think that it means that I should recognize that for myself, 
that trauma and stress plays a, plays a role in how I practice and uh, that it can affect my own daily life and, um, and my, my professional career. To be trauma-informed means that you have, a, you have a workforce that understands the importance of this and how it affects people's lives. Um, and so your regard for your families can switch and you can start looking at them and their behaviors and even things you want them to do or behavior changes you want them to make without ever actually asking them for an ACEs score. And this applies to staff and receptionists as well. Um, I think are, you know the receptionists are your frontline people. And they see people who are late, people that are egregiously late or come in and mom seems pretty stressed out all the time and mom's yelling and stuff like that. And I think the receptionist as well can ask the question, not why are you like this, but what is going on that that informs this conversation, like this this heightened uh, emotional state that you're in. Um, and I and I think that too can help the receptionists um, deliver better care and a better, I mean, frankly, service experience for for those or care experience, I should say, for those uh, for those families. And I, I I think that we can talk about toxic stress and the aces and stuff. But um, I really think that we want to turn that conversation into what is hopeful in these conversations. What are the things? What are the what are the what is what's the light at the end of the tunnel with someone who's uh, who's had trauma and stress in their lives? And um, really, kind of infusing um, these conversations with a little bit of hope, you know, because there are a lot of resources out there. Um, there are more and more providers and systems that are looking at this content and trying to help. Um, families that have, that have endured stress. And um, I think that providers, they're, we're kind of on a parallel journey where it's like, you may endure toxic stress in your workplace or at home, um, but one of the first things you need to do is realize that you, know, you can be resilient in, in these times and there's hope for you too. Thank you, Paul, for speaking with us today. No problem. That was Paul Espinas, a pediatrician with Kaiser Permanente. He has worked to implement ACEs screening of patients ages 0 to 5 at four clinics in Northern California. You've been listening to Voices from the Field, a podcast where we explore the perspectives of providers screening for ACEs and toxic stress. I'm your host, Lena Singh. Our editor is Jennifer Marshall. This episode was mixed by Francesca Fenzi and Muna Danish. Ben Manila is our executive producer. This podcast is sponsored by the Center for Youth Wellness as part of the National Pediatric Practice Community on ACEs and made possible by funding from the JPB Foundation, Genentech, Cal Endowment, and the Hearst Foundation. The music was composed by Blue Dot Sessions. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time.